For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. bringing you the latest and greatest related to health and wellness. I love doing the show. I hope you all love listening. Um, Every single week we try and line up great special guests between myself and my co-host to educate you. And I mean, I hope that everybody out there feels they've gotten a good education from listening to the show, because I can tell you that even through all of my years of experience in the field of integrative and holistic medicine, practicing for over 13 years, I still learn something new every week with every guest that we interview. I absolutely love doing this, and I really hope you all enjoy the radio show. Please feel free to email us comments or suggestions if you'd like some different things covered. So, uh, today we're going to be covering a really interesting topic. We've covered it, I think, once before in the seven years. We're going to be basically incorporating and, and helping you to understand some concepts related to dentistry as it relates to holistic health. Now, there's, I believe, several different aspects of this that are very important to consider. Most people do understand that your dental health is important for your overall health. Certainly, um, we have been able to link the presence of longstanding gum disease and dental infection to increased risk of heart disease and, and other types of cardiac risk and other health problems that arise like chronic inflammation. What we're going to do today is we have a, a biological dentist. This is a dentist who specifically devoted their career and their practice to taking a more holistic approach to understanding how problems in the mouth with the teeth and the gums affect your body systemically. And that's what we find is this this link that we've seen between gum disease and heart disease is literally just the tip of a gigantic, immense iceberg related to how dental health and what's going on in your mouth with your teeth can affect the overall expression of your health. And it's incredibly important to consider this. Many people will spend a ton of energy and effort to deal with holistically addressing health problems without looking at this component of the of the body. And if you do that, it can take forever to make any progress. And in many cases, people don't make progress until they finally understand what's going on in the mouth. So to be able to have today a special guest who's devoted their practice and their career to taking a more holistic, integrated approach to dentistry should be a phenomenal educational piece for people making a decision on how to move forward in supporting their wellness. My guest today is Dr. Stuart Nunnally. He is a graduate of the University of Texas Health Science Center Dental School in San Antonio. He graduated in 1980. He maintains an integrative biological dental practice in Marble Falls, Texas, where he, where he and his partners have treated patients from all 50 states and 24 countries. Dr. Nunnally is chairman of the Jawbone Osteonecrosis Committee of the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxology. He holds fellowships in the Academy of General Dentistry and in the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. 
Dr. Nunnally is board certified in naturopathic medicine and is board certified in integrative biological dental medicine. He is licensed in intravenous conscious sedation and is a member of the American Dental Society of Anesthesiologists. He serves on the teaching faculty of the Academy of Comprehensive Integrative Medicine and the American College of Integrative Medicine and Dentistry, and he frequently teaches on all aspects of biological dentistry. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Nunnally and his practice, you can visit his website at www.healthysmilesforlife.com. There's also a ton of free content and videos on there to further educate you on some of the topics that we're going to be discussing today. Dr. Nunnally, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We're very excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Kevin. I'm delighted to be with you. So I always like to do a little bit of introduction. We've got a lot of really important topics to get to, but I always like to hear people's background a little bit. So, you know, I know based on, as we talked about before the show started, having grown up in a family of dentists, like most dentists and dental training doesn't really teach any of these concepts of biological dentistry in the formal dental school um, curriculum. So how is it that somebody can get through their dental training in San Antonio, Texas and graduate in 1980, having very little exposure to the concepts of biological dentistry? What is it that brought you to this idea and this concept that looking at dentistry more holistically might be something that would benefit patients? Well, Kevin, I I had to get sick. I had to Uh literally get sick myself before I could make the paradigm shift. And uh, I had practiced for 22 years. I I had practiced what I considered holistically in that I didn't place mercury fillings. But I, um, and I had a, a, a master's in nutrition. So I knew the importance of nutrition as it relates to our systemic health and the dentistry. But I, um, about 15 years ago, I began to have neuromuscular issues, and we, after months and months of testing, finally, I was referred to the ALS Center in Houston, and, and I and my neurologist and a number of others, I think, were totally convinced that I had Lou Gehrig's disease. Wow. So um, that was a, a incredibly difficult time for me and my wife and my family, but at any rate, I went to Montreal while I was waiting to get checked in to the ALS Center in Houston. I, I went to Montreal and um, to be treated for this because uh, at that time in my life, things looked pretty bleak. And there was, a, there was an old grandfather of holistic dentistry. His name was Hal Huggins, who was yes. at that time. Hal was seeing patients in Montreal and Puerto Vallarta. So I went to see him and... And interestingly enough, uh, after spending almost two weeks with him and having all of my own dentistry revised, by the way, Kevin, over the years, um, I had replaced my own mercury fillings, my partners had, uh, with bonded filling materials. And as it turns out, when we tested me, there's a serum test or a blood test that can be done to determine what materials you're compatible with Mm -hmm. and what, what ones you're not. As it turned out, all of the materials that I had in my mouth were highly reactive for me. Mm. So at any rate, um, under, the, um, under the supervision of Dr. Huggins, a Montreal dentist replaced all of that and also performed some other things that were fairly new to me. One was uh, cavitation surgery where he cleaned out sites where my wisdom teeth had been removed 30 years previously. That, along with uh, some um, intense nutritional counseling from Dr. Huggins, 
actually had a huge impact on my life. And as it turns out, um, I did not have ALS. I did not get that diagnosis. I had a mercury toxicity issue. So uh, after practicing 22 years in dentistry and not taking any precautions myself when I was removing mercury fillings from patients, I finally became overwhelmed with the metal, the heavy metal, and it led to these neuromuscular issues. So um, as I recovered the next year, I, I shadowed Dr. Huggins for two months, and I also uh, did, made many nutritional changes, including more fats into my diet and so forth, and I had a slow but steady recovery over the next three years, really. I went from being a fairly competitive triathlete to not being able to jog for three and a half years, but I'm back totally. And um, and anyway, thank God actually for the whole experience. Well, it's such a compelling story, and I talk about it with listeners all, all the time because some of the most compelling guests that we've ever had on the show that have pioneered really amazing therapies and things to help people did it as a result of getting sick in the first place. Two weeks ago, I had on Dr. Isabel Wentz, who's written a New York Times bestselling book on thyroid disorders. She's a pharmacist, and she got into it because she got a thyroid disorder. We've had um, Dr. Terry Walls, who was an MD who got multiple sclerosis, who developed a nutrition plan for helping people with autoimmune disease because she was disabled with MS. So your story really hits home, Dr. Nunnally, and honestly, some of the best people that do the best work in the field of health is oftentimes a result of having been through a challenge themselves. So thank you for sharing that story with us. Well, you're welcome. And you know, that whole experience exposed me to a whole new level of holistic dentistry. For example, when in Montreal, I had not, I had not anticipated or ne never had I used, of course, in my own practice, high doses of vitamin C intravenously. But um, that's, that's become a routine part of what we do um, of course, I'd never been exposed to the therapies of ozone and uh, things like uh, acupuncture and acupressure as they relate to dentistry. But as a result of that experience, uh, I made a, I've sort of always been an all or none person. And so I, I made the paradigm shift. And at any rate, it's been an incredibly rewarding last 15 years. That's Fantastic and really great information. I think what we're going to do, I, I love the introduction. I want to start getting into the nuts and bolts of what's going on because it, just in that intro, you mentioned some of the more specific topics we're going to get into today. I want you to help educate people about this concept of cavitations. I want you to help educate people about this concept of different dental filling materials and how they interact with different people's bodies and how to choose one. And then there's all these other questions about general dentistry overall that people wonder about regarding how to take care of their teeth, what kind of toothpaste to use, x-rays or not x-rays. There's so much to inform people about that gets missed and that people typically don't know about. So I'd like to keep this first segment short, go to break. When we come back, we're going to dive into these really important questions related to integrative biological holistic dentistry. And I just fully confident that we're going to get an amazing education. So does that sound good, Dr. Nunnally? Oh, that sounds great. I look forward to it. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere. This conversation is about to take off. We'll be back right after these words. 
Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA-certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics. It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Today, we are talking with Dr. Stuart Nunnally. He is a biological dentist in Texas, and uh, if you want to learn more about him and his practice and some of the work that he's doing, you can visit his website at www.healthysmilesforlife.com. In the last segment, we just did a little intro and we learned a little bit about Dr. Nunnally's own journey through illness that led him to take a deeper understanding of dentistry as it relates to the whole body holistically. And you mentioned Dr. Nunnally in, in your in your account of your story and your experience with Dr. Huggins getting introduced to some of these things and you brought up some points. And one of the first things that you talked about was this idea of, of cavitations and you talked about this 30-year-old wisdom tooth extraction that was creating a potential problem for you. Let's just start. Most people have never heard of that word, don't understand it. Can you give us some background? What is a cavitation? What causes them and what impact can they have on the body? Well, that's that's a, a great question. And, and the reason, the only reason I think I know about cavitations is 
Believe it or not, Kevin, I was at a brain longevity conference uh, many years ago now, about 20 years ago in Tucson. I was the only dentist there, and uh, my, the, I was there because my mother died at a very, very early age of Alzheimer's, so I've always been trying to stave off cognitive issues. And at this conference, I was sitting next to a brilliant lady physician, and she said, do you do cavitations? And I said, well, of course I do. She said, you do? And I said, yes. She said, well, I can't believe that. She said, I can't tell you how many patients come to us from all around the world, and um, we can't determine why they're so sick, and we send them to have their cavitations cleaned out, and they get well. I went, and to tell you the truth, Kevin, I thought she was talking about cavities. Mm -hmm. I had never, ever heard the word cavitations. Well, a cavitation is a hole in the jawbone, typically where a tooth has been removed. And after the tooth has been extracted, you are left with a residual infection. Uh, the areas that are most common are the wisdom tooth sites. They're the most common because they have a poor blood flow. That part of the, the jawbone has a poor blood flow. So cavitations can form when you get an inadequate blood flow to any bone. The hip, by the way, is the second most common bone. And then uh, long bones and the thighs. We can get cavitated areas or necrotic or dead areas in virtually any bone, but the jaw bones are the most common. And so um, I uh, began to investigate this idea of cavitations. And then when I reached out to Dr. Huggins because of this fact that we thought I had ALS, his, the first words out of his mouth were, did you have wisdom teeth removed? And I said, yes, 30 years ago. He said, well, if you have cavitations, you're never going to get well. Well, I said, well, I don't know if I've got them or not, but I'm certainly willing to have them investigated. And so I did have them uh, surgically cleaned out. And as it turned out, I had four large, probably in the, in the order of acorn size holes in my mandible and maxilla, my lower and upper jawbone, where my wisdom teeth had been removed. Those were cleaned out. And interestingly enough, within weeks, I began to feel better. I began to have more stamina. And uh, I have since come to realize that these little holes, and they're not always little, um, these holes in the jawbone where we've had a tooth extracted have a very high degree of toxicity. For years, when I began doing these, now 15 years ago, I would send the contents of this to a laboratory, a toxicology laboratory in Kentucky to have them evaluated for their toxicity. And I have never seen anything since uh, that's rivaled the toxicity of the contents of a cavitation. The cavitations have lots of anaerobic bacteria in them, and those produce toxins, which then can leach into the body and cause all sorts of systemic issues. Uh, so, uh, and I'll have to say, uh, that toxicology lab in Kentucky is not doing that testing anymore. It's sold and they no longer do it, but now we can send those contents to, um, a laboratory that does DNA testing. And so we can find out specifically which anaerobic bacteria and viruses and fungi are inhabiting these cavitated areas. Hmm. Now, when we talk about... A cavitation, how do we 
find them because many times people will go in and get an x-ray. In standard dentistry, most infections in a bone or in a tooth site, whether it's extraction or root canal, are determined by looking at an x-ray. And I can't tell you how many times patients will even say, oh, I've, I've, since I've had work on this tooth, this root canal or this problem, I, I have all this pain and discomfort, but I went to the dentist, they took an x-ray, they said there's no infection, but you know the patient's sick, they've had a downturn in their health since the issue came up, they're having pain. But it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the standard approaches to looking at whether or not there's an infection in the jaw seem to miss these issues. Is that true? And if, if, it, is, true. if it is true, then... What? How do people determine whether or not a cavitation is present or if they're having a problem with the previous tooth site? Well, that's exactly true. A, a two-dimensional x-ray like we're used to taking in dentistry shows less than 50% of these uh, cavitated lesions. In fact, interestingly enough, at least 50% of the bone has to be destroyed in order for that to show up on a, on a standard two-dimensional x-ray. We now have in dentistry a three-dimensional x-ray called a cone beam. Um, it's, it's, truly, uh, it's truly a CAT scan of the jaw. And a cone beam will help show these uh, much more readily. Mm. Over the years, uh, since we didn't have cone beams available to us until the last decade, um, I practiced many years. Um, looking at these on a good panoramic x-ray, and after you've done enough of them and seen enough of them, it's really not that difficult to, to, to analyze them off of a, a good panoramic film. Right. So, um, of course, now we use cone beam, uh, cone beam uh, uh, CAT scan in our own office because we want to make sure that we're uh, using the very latest technology to, to identify these. I think that's pretty much accepted as the gold standard now. Gotcha. So there's better ways of detecting it now. And if you know in your train what you're looking for, you can really determine whether or not somebody's having a problem. Now, if somebody's had their wisdom teeth pulled and they don't seem to be suffering from any significant problems, I mean, is just because you had an extraction, does that mean you have a cavitation? Or is it just that extractions create an environment that increases the risk for a cavitation? It, in, it increases the risk. One of the things that we as dentists like to do when we remove a tooth is use an anesthetic which contains epinephrine. Mm -hmm. epinephrine. Epinephrine makes the anesthesia more profound, but it also um, quiets the blood flow to the area. Well, we're already operating in an area that has a compromised blood flow when we're in the jawbone. And then when we inject a, an anesthetic that has epinephrine in it, we, we slow that blood flow even more. Mm -hmm. So the area has a more difficult time healing. We would, what we should be doing is using an anesthetic which has no epinephrine in it, which causes more of a robust blood flow, and you have much better healing success when you do that. So I think we as dentists have used the wrong approach, number one, when we remove teeth. And then there are all kinds of other reasons why these extraction sites don't heal. For example, in my own case, when I had my wisdom teeth removed in college, I went dancing that night. Well, how, you know, uh, you can be only so stupid and get, get by with it for, for a while. And uh, as it turned out, I got what are called dry sockets in those sites. Mm. And when you get a dry socket in a wisdom tooth site or any extraction site, that's a guaranteed cavitation. Gotcha. 
Yeah, absolutely. You want the area to bleed robustly, and that way you have a much better chance for it to heal. The other thing sure. we advise our patients to do is not to drive long distances after having had a tooth removed because just the vibration of a car can be enough to disrupt the clot. And I'll share with you right quickly the whole protocol that we use in our office when we do this, just so that listeners will have a feel for a technique that I know works well. One is we like for the patients to be on a high dose of vitamin C. Um, I like to use it intravenously. If they can't or are there, or if they're seeing a dentist who doesn't do intravenous vitamin C, they could do a vitamin C that's in the liposome so that they, the liposomal vitamin C is absorbed much better than, for example, just the traditional off-the-counter mm-hmm. vitamin C. So we'd be recommending that they use a fairly high dose of that on the day of surgery and the day after, for sure. Uh, the other thing we love to do is employ, we have an acupressurist on staff, so we keep the patient very still after the surgery and do acupressure to open up those meridians so that we get an energetic healing as well. And, and, and we definitely see an increase in our healing as a result of that. And then, uh, furthermore, we rarely ever use antibiotics for these, but we like to inject ozone around the site because mm-hmm. that opens up the vascular beds so that you get more bleeding and also it's it's the fantastic sterilizer that we have uh, to use it kills bacteria viruses and fungi and uh, without causing any side effects so we love to use ozone and then the real kicker to this now Kevin is the fact that we are able to use platelets in this country we can spin blood down we take a few extra vials of blood when we do the procedure we spin that down, take the platelets out, the patient's own platelets, and then we pack the surgical site with their own platelets, and we get this fabulous healing result that we've uh, really never, ever seen before mm. when we've been treating these. We've only been using the platelets now for five years, but it's been a game changer for us. Mm-hmm. Those are all amazing ways of facilitating healing. And when you take care of the immune system and you take care of the body like that, especially like you said, in an area where there's compromised blood flow, like the jawbone, you can see how that would facilitate such a better chance of healing. You need to bring the amount of appropriate blood there. You need to take care of the system so that the immune system can do its job when you've done something very, I mean, useful. Wisdom teeth are extracted for good reasons at some times, but you're inflicting on the body a very artificial, unnatural state where you're literally yanking a tooth out and expecting it to just heal like no problem. And the jaw and the teeth, it's not like getting a cut on your arm. Um, It's a very, very different environment in which the body is designed to heal. And all of those procedures really are amazing ways of facilitating that process. Now, the question of cavitation. So these are, you know, bacterial, fungal, viral hotbeds created by typically a surgical intervention that hasn't healed properly. And we've talked about it. There's another very common dental procedure that creates another opportunity for latent infection that is a huge problem, and that's root canals. And Uh, root canals bring up a huge amount of questions. And I know there's a lot of debate. I work with a lot of biological dentists that I need patients to work with. And I have some that, you know, if a tooth is damaged, they'll only pull it. 
I have others that, you know, they'll use certain other procedures and like we talked about ozone to try and save the tooth and different dentists have different philosophies. And it does create some controversy because people, frankly, don't love the idea of having every compromised tooth pulled. So it's really important to understand the ramifications and the different options that are available for properly dealing with the tooth. And first of all, when we come back from the break, Dr. Nunnally, I'd like you to explain why traditional approaches to root canals oftentimes set the stage for another opportunity of a latent infection to be present. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to that discussion. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about this incredibly important conversation of root canals with an expert in biological dentistry, Dr. Nunnally. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living, and we're going to be back right after these words. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. FitFood provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415. West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We are talking with Dr. Stuart Nunnally. He is a biological dentist who's been specializing in taking a more holistic approach to dental care for about 15 or 20 years now after his own journey through illness and probable and his uh, suspected diagnosis for ALS, which is basically a progressive neurological disease that is often terminal. It wasn't until Dr. Nunnally did his own journey and understanding how his own dental problems were contributing where now that he does not suffer from ALS, it was an improper diagnosis and has regained pretty much all of his health and is back to where he was. In the last segment, we were talking about cavitations. In this segment, Dr. Nunnally, I'd love to bridge the sort of controversial topic of, of root canals, and I'd like to just sort of establish the fact that both the issue of cavitation and root canals have to do with this idea that there is a bacterial or fungal or some type of low-level latent infection left in the jaw. And I want you just to explain to people briefly, we know that the mouth is full of lots of bacteria, um, which our immune system handles relatively fine. What is, how is it that even these little small sort of generally undetectable infections for most dentists, right? Most common x-rays, they can't find it. How is it that these like tiny sites of infections that are almost undetectable can be so toxic to the body? Well, it's a great question. And as you know, um, different people respond to toxicities differently. And so, um, uh, you, you and I both know they're patients who can smoke for 60 years and not have carcinoma of the lung, and there are those who can smoke for six months or be around a secondhand smoke and develop a carcinoma. So we all handle these toxicities differently, and there's, there's a huge percentage of our population, for example, who has cavitated areas in their jaw bones or elsewhere who seem to function well and yet there are those who do not and for whom when they're cleaned out they they begin to enjoy life again so that being said um, each individual has his own uh, special ability to deal with various toxicities the toxicities associated with with um, cavitated areas uh, are incredibly toxic the the reason that we can tolerate them at all is that the body is amazing and it does what it can to wall these off. So when we clean these out, we will encounter a very dense layer of bone around them. Mm. Most times we refer to that as condensing osteitis. That's a dense layer of bone that the body has laid down in an attempt to wall off the area. And, you know, quite frankly, um, most of my patients, uh, Kevin, are, are middle-aged or older, and they've dealt with toxicities for a long, long time, and then they've reached some sort of tipping point. It may be from another toxicity or some kind of exposure, and then they have this demise in their health. Mm -hmm. But as you know, when you begin to turn those things around, you can reverse those sorts of issues. Yeah. And so, Oftentimes we find that the cleaning out of cavitated areas is one of those things that helps turn a patient's health, begins to tip them back in the other direction and turn the spiral back towards health. So I think the answer to your question is, one, um, the toxicity associated with these 
can cause an array of issues depending upon the terrain of the patient and the susceptibility of the patient. Mm -hmm. And then um, um, second, I think that patients or people need to be aware of the fact that, um, that these toxicities, even though they're amazingly potent, <laughs> we, have, we have such amazingly constructed bodies that oftentimes we can deal with them until sure. finally we're overwhelmed. Yep, yeah. Mm. That's a very, very good point. I know that you know these bacteria, they produce toxins as part of their life cycle, and being in the jaw, they literally just become a repository of toxins into the system. And some people, as you said, exactly. can handle it, and some people can't. And as we deal with other toxicities you know, in this area, treat a lot of chronic infections, Lyme disease, other chronic toxicity issues, and some people are very resistant to being able to overcome those, and sometimes it's because there's another source of toxicity that's hindering their immune system's ability to respond, and all of these things have to be taken into account holistically in order to get people to where they need to be. Now, let's talk about root canals because they are controversial in the world of biological dentistry as far as what I've observed. Help us understand, you know, what people need to be thinking about. It's such a common dental procedure. So many people have had a root canal. Um, you know, there's so much to talk about here. You start, Dr. Nunnally, get us oriented and help us understand this, uh, this concept. Well, I'll just say that I, I used to love doing root canal treatment and I did about 120 a year for 20 years. And quite frankly, I, I now actually regret that. I, I was not aware that there was a toxicity issue associated with dead teeth, <clears throat> pardon me, dead teeth or root canal treated teeth. A root canal treated tooth is a dead tooth. It's a tooth that's had the blood supply and the nerve removed from it. However, as dentists or endodontists were able to remove the bulk of the nerve tissue and the uh, blood supply, but still there are little minuscule microscopic canals throughout the tooth. For example, a single rooted tooth can have as much as two to three miles of microscopic canals that run through it so that when a dentist, for example, performs a root canal procedure on your front tooth, um, he's going to get the bulk of the nerve tissue, the part typically that hurts, but there's still these um, several miles of canals that still remain contaminated and have bacteria in it, and there's no way for us as dentists to get to those. So now you have a dead entity in your body um, that's a wonderful breeding ground at our body temperature of 98.6. It just loves bacteria, loves to live in that environment. And that now they begin to produce the same kinds of toxicities that are associated with, um, for example, a cavitation, which is also basically a dead area or an area of very sluggish blood flow. So we find, interestingly enough, when we do a DNA analysis, we find virtually the same anaerobic bacteria in root canal-treated teeth as we do in cavitated areas in the jawbone. And these have a very high degree of toxicity associated with them. I published a paper in uh, 2012 in the Journal of Orthomolecular Medicine, which dealt with this very thing. And, and I'll, I'll briefly describe the paper to you. In this, um, the data that we gathered was from only from the best of the best root canal treated teeth. Um, and so we, the, the question to the patients, in addition to them having a perfectly performed root canal, was do you have any 
Um, do you have any pain in the tooth? Can you tell any difference between this tooth and any other tooth? And also, when we looked at the x-ray, it had to have no sign whatsoever of pathology on it. So we submitted all those. All these patients have been referred to us by physicians and other health care providers around the country and because they had some sort of a systemic issue, and the patient and the physician wanted us to remove the tooth. We did that. We submitted those for toxicology testing, and we found that all of those teeth that we removed, perfect-looking uh, root canals without symptoms, had a very high degree of toxicity associated with them. So this um, helped me over the years to become a real believer in this. Not only that, of course, but to see some amazing changes in patients when they had their root canal treated teeth removed. So that's that's the gist of where we are with root canals. And again, I'll say, Kevin, some people tolerate root canals very well. Mm-hmm. There, there are people that seem to have no issues whatsoever, and I see occasionally patients in their 80s and 90s who have had multiple root canal treated teeth, and they're living a robust life and seem to have mm-hmm. no real health issues. So sure. that being said, uh, again, I think much, most often it's, it's uh, an issue of susceptibility and the terrain of the body at the time. So is there any way to deal with the tooth situation that would require a root canal without extraction? Do, do you feel that, are there any other procedures that are available to you based on a certain circumstance where that might be an option? Or is it pretty much that the safest thing to do because there's that dead tissue and no way to guarantee sterility of the nerve and, and all of the areas below the tooth, extraction is the best option? Sure. Well, first of all, I want the patients to always have a real partnership in that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to inform the patient. See, the problem is typically patients go in and they're told they need a root canal, but no one's informed of the potential issues, the health issues associated with it. That's a real, <clears throat> That's that, well, I, I just hate to see that happen to patients because there are potential systemic health risks as a result of doing root canals. And it's very well documented in the literature. So people need to be informed. But let's say, for example, and I just had this happen in my practice, and this might happen once every five years. I had an 85-year-old gentleman who's had multiple root canal-treated teeth. He's very healthy. And now he either has to, he, now he's had another tooth abscess, and it's holding a long, fixed bridge in his mouth. If we remove that tooth, he loses the whole bridge and... Now he's in for either implants or a partial denture. So in a case like that, and since he had done so well in the past with root canal treated teeth, uh, I thought the best option and my recommendation for him was to have a root canal. But I can honestly say that's the only one that I can remember in a long time. Now, you have to remember, Kevin, that the majority of the patients that are referred to us are ill. Yes. And Mm -hmm. the physicians are trying to do everything they can to lighten the load on their immune system. Right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a rare instance where we'd be recommending a root canal. Gotcha. So then if somebody's in a situation where it looks like, um, they're ill, they're struggling, their, their bodies had a high degree of toxicity. We're suspecting root canals as being a problem. What do we do after extraction, I mean, you know, I mean, it's hard to lose a tooth, you know, I mean, oh, it's, it it's, 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 
we need every one of them almost. And, and so not only just for chewing and everything, but aesthetically, you know, it's just, we all want nice smiles. So we do. Yeah. We so do, what man. do we do? How do you help people with that transition and say, well, I'm, for your health, we got to take the tooth, but you know, well, doc, well, well, what do I do if you take that tooth? What are we going to put there? Do we do an implant? Do I need a, a bridge? What, what are we going to do? That's a great question, and it's a tough one to answer because, for example, what if you have a severe systemic illness, you have a tooth removed, would you want to go back and put something else that doesn't have your own DNA in its place? For example, would you want to implant a titanium implant into there and, and challenge the immune system again? And we, we would say no, that that's not the best answer. We would want once again, to totally inform patients. But here's the good news, Kevin. Almost always we can replace the tooth aesthetically. I'll say that very rarely, except in the case of implants, can we replace a tooth where it feels like it did before it was removed. Mm -hmm. Some, sometimes it can be with implants. And by the way, while we're on the topic of implants, uh, if we were to do an implant, we would we would choose to use zirconia rather than titanium. We feel it has a much better profile in terms of being biocompatible for immune systems. So we we would if we were going to use an implant at all, we would be recommending zirconia. And I'll have to say that that's just becoming uh, a more popular form of doing implants in this country up until. Recently, titanium has been the preference among mm. surgeons. So, but I, I really feel like we can improve um, from a biocompatible standpoint by using zirconia. So there are. So that is an option that people can <clears throat> use, and with different dental materials coming to play, it seems like implants are becoming more of a possibility in regards to an option that doesn't further challenge the immune system or create problems. Correct. I think it's better than yeah. it was for okay. sure. I, most patients who had most physicians who refer to us would not want us to place an implant on someone who's severely systemically challenged. Mm -hmm. Yep. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, sure. yeah, when we come back from the break, we've got so many other topics to possibly talk about dental filling materials, general dental questions. People are, you know, Oil pulling is really popular. Does that actually do anything? Different types of toothpaste and mouthwash and x-rays and frequency. And I mean, honestly, Dr. Nunnally, we could probably talk for like three hours on biological dentistry and still not answer anybody's question, everybody's question. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's pick the conversation up. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, and we'll be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated, non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. 
Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Passero. We've been talking with Dr. Stewart not only about biological dentistry. In this segment, we're going to pick up some really um, important conversations related to dental, general dentistry. I want to start off, Dr. Nunnally, by by talking about, and listen, for all you listeners out there who like the conversation, we can only take things so deep and so far in the amount of time that we have on the show every week. But you can learn a lot more about this topic by visiting Dr. Nunnally's website, which is www.healthysmilesforlife.com. You can also learn more by visiting the General, uh, the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology's website, which is the IAOMT.org. That also has a wealth of information related to a lot of the topics we are discussing today. So, Dr. Nunnally, we can't have a conversation about biological dentistry and not bring up the issue of mercury fillings. Um, this is a huge concern, a huge topic in the field. It's a huge area of debate between conventional dentistry and biological dentistry. And I'd like for you to discuss it um, in regards to, I guess, many different aspects. Some being, yes, we know there is toxicology or toxicity associated with having them in your mouth, but there's also a huge degree of risk of toxicity in having them removed. So, Help us understand this a little bit more and, and understand what we should do with materials regarding dental fillings. Well, sure. Um, it's hard to believe that we'd still be talking about this, isn't it? Because um, this issue has been debated for years. Yep. The scientific evidence in terms of the toxicity of these mercury amalgam fillings that have been placed now for many years is... is um, <laughs> Absolutely overwhelming. I, I, any, at any rate, we are still talking about it, and there are, believe it or not, close to 50% of the dentists in this country still using mercury amalgam fillings, which 
to me is is uh, absolutely the wrong thing to do. I can't believe that we, as the dental profession, ever even adopted the use of mercury amalgam fillings. Uh, we have known uh, for almost ever that it was incredibly toxic. Mercury is toxic. Uh, that the, it's second only to plutonium in, in terms of its toxicity. Mm. And yet we have been putting these fillings that are 50% mercury in people's mouths for 100 years. Well, um, the issue with mercury most times is that um, it's cumulative over time, and typically the effects of a small mercury exposure are not noticed until years in the future. So uh, people who have had mercury fillings placed and don't seem to have any degree of uh, health issues from it, uh, first of all, they may or may not have health issues from it. Many of them go unrealized until at one point when they truly have some sort of a systemic illness. And so there's this insidious but very real potential for health issues mm-hmm. as a result of having these mercury exposures. So what, what would we do to replace them, and why, why haven't they been replaced? Well, the first thing is it's a little bit more difficult to place a nice bonded tooth-colored filling than it is a mercury filling. I tell people anybody could place a mercury filling. It takes almost no skill. And the problem, of course, in my opinion, is that they last for years. You can pack them into a tooth. And it's amazing how long those things last. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is not only is, is there a toxicity associated with them, but they tend to make teeth crack mm-hmm. because they expand and contract with heat and cold. And when you pound on a hard metal object that's inside a tooth long enough, you get a cracked tooth. Mm-hmm. And uh, But quite frankly, it keeps dentistry going because when you crack the tooth, then you get the root, then you get the crown, then you get the root canal. And it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So all that being said, uh, we would absolutely want patients in my practice to have a bonded filling. And, of course, they wouldn't be offered a mercury filling. And um, why? Why would you do a, a bonded filling? Number one, it looks nice. Number two, it's, you can use materials that are not toxic, that, they're, that are biocompatible. And now, in today's world, they last a long, long time. Another reason not to use a mercury filling is because if at some point it has to be removed, which I would recommend, um, if the dentist doesn't use a mercury separator on his office, now you have that very same mercury going into your public water supply. And it's just one of the most unbelievable things that we as dentists are not voluntarily putting mercury separators onto our vacuum system so that we separate out the mercury before it hits the municipal water supply. And some places and some locales, it's mandated. But for the majority of this country, it is still not mandated. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand why it is not. It's a simple and actually a very inexpensive thing for dentists to do. In fact, I tell patients, if you're looking for another dentist, Number one, see if the dentist is taking precaution himself when he removes your mercury fillings, and, of course, precaution for you. But also ask, does the dentist have a mercury separator mm-hmm. on, his, on his water supply so that he's not contaminating your water? Yeah, I mean, because that can be not only contaminating the municipal water supply with mercury, but, you know, while these mercury fillings 
are a source of toxicity when they're packed into the, your tooth, at least in some ways, they're sort of stable and they're sort of in a bit of a, a, a dormant sort of stable type of state. And then if somebody isn't trained properly and they're going to do removal and the drill comes out and all of a sudden they're drilling the mercury and there's chunks flying everywhere and they're trying to vacuum, but the patient's swallowing and there's fumes. I mean, can't there be a significant amount of risk of exposure just from the process of removal? There's a tremendous exposure from removal if it's not done with a, with a really um, in-depth protocol. Mm -hmm. In fact, the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Doctors Toxicology, which you introduced a while ago, IAONT.org, has developed a program. The acronym for the program is SMART, and it stands for Safe Mercury Amalgam Removal Technique. And the, the uh, organization, the IAONT, has actually developed a program and an accreditation so that dentists become, can become SMART certified. In other words, a dentist who has gone through this program, passed the test, and has become SMART certified is now, if he follows the protocol, and, I, and each of these dentists has taken a pledge to do so, they will be removing mercury fillings in a way that I think is very, very safe. Mm -hmm. So it might be a great spot for listeners who want to find a biological dentist to go to the IONT.org website, and then look, there's a description of what a smart dentist would be doing to protect you when mercury fillings are removed, and there would be a list of dentists around the country who have become smart certified. Yeah, and the smart certification, I mean, it it goes beyond just, yes, the ideal is to protect the patient, right? But as you talked about, there's also a component of it about protecting the environment in regards to using a mercury separator and preventing this debris from getting into the water supply. And number sure. three, protecting the dentist. Look at your situation where your chronic exposure to removing dental amalgam mercury fillings created so much toxicity in the air and in the environment in which you intimately operated as a dentist. Each patient maybe got a little exposure every time, but you suffered the large burden of it. And dentists you're, should be doing this not just for the patient, but for themselves. Well, you're exactly right. See, dentists and dental personnel have some of the poorest neurological track records of any yeah. profession. Yeah. Uh, we, we always rank number one in divorce, number one in depression, number one in suicide. And why would that be? Why would that be? It's very interesting to me, Kevin. I, I, I entered dental school 37 years ago, and I entered with a class of upbeat, <laughs> upbeat young, upstart uh, dental students. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many have become depressed and have various neurological illnesses. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's a lot of toxicity. So, Dr. Nunnally, I mean, the show was amazing. I, I wish we could have gotten into more detail. If people want to learn more, visit Dr. Nunnally's website at www.healthysmilesforlife.com. There's also that um, website that he mentioned for the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, IAOMT.org. Thank you again, Dr. Nunnally, for taking the time. We hope to have you back again soon. Oh, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up the show for today. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. 
Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.